everyone for coming to another one of our living Muslim events. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept from everybody and to reward all of your efforts in coming uh, tonight to benefit, to hear something about the deen and inshallah to walk out with a little bit um, more knowledge and higher iman inshallah. Joined here tonight with our beloved panelist, Sheikh Nuruddin. Jazakallah khair for coming. And as mentioned at the beginning, the topic will be on scamming and cheating, which is um, probably, it's a very important part of our religion. And it's something that a lot of people do nowadays, and they probably turn a blind eye to it. So we're going to be speaking a little bit about that. Um, also, we do encourage, like this is an open conversation and we like to hear from everybody so it's less of a lecture, more of an open conversation. And this is a perfect opportunity to ask questions. They say that there are two types of people that never learn, a shy person and an arrogant person. So, if you do feel shy to put your hand up and ask a question, you can just get out, no I'm joking. Um, you can just go on Slido, we have something called Slido. So if you get your phones out and type in slido.com, we have like um, an open Q&A thing where you can post your questions anonymously. So the code for that, I'm going to say it probably three or four times because we don't have a screen to put it up on. So the code, the code for slido.com is 387-4783. So 387 Feel free to post any questions throughout the discussion tonight. Seven four seven eight three. It's on the Instagram story as well. All right, inshallah. I'll just say it one more time: three eight seven four seven eight three zero dot com. So, Sheikh Nuruddin, um, to get started tonight, firstly, I'd like to also say that Sheikh Nuruddin is coming down from. The northern suburbs, and they have an amazing project happening there called the Al Ansar Community Center. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept it and put barakah in the efforts of the community center. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about that and maybe how some people can get involved in supporting it? Thank you so much for giving us opportunity to share the time with you here. Really appreciated the invitation. 
not because we are worth of talking, but uh, what we call personal fun, just being seen in us, but not because we really qualify to say anything here. Uh, regarding Al Ansar Community Center, it's a project that the brothers and sisters in the north uh, came, brought it up just to get the Muslims in the north to be supported because uh, according to the census, as we made mention previously, it was almost 14,000 Muslims in the north, but unfortunately there's no masjid in the north or one prayer hall that can accommodate up to 200 people. So these are the reasons why we in the north decided that let's bring this project so that we can get something that will benefit the Muslims in the north. Alhamdulillah, there are lots of information online when you follow amixa.org uh, and also when you follow Al-Ansar uh, Community Center, there are more information regarding how you can be part of it in terms of donation or doing anything there to support the Muslim community. So inshallah, we invite everyone to play part in this. This is the work of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to prepare for our akhirah inshallah. So the Instagram uh, handle for that is Al-Ansar Community Center. Yeah, so I think so. I don't know what I want to Inshallah. Forgive me for that, I'm not. Okay. No worries, Inshallah. If everyone can follow it, that would be amazing, Inshallah. Sheikh Dorudin, just some quick uh, spot fire questions to get to know you a bit more. So, number one, where are you from? What's your background? That's quite. It's going to conflict the topic because I'm coming from Africa and you're talking about scamming and cheating. <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, I'm originally from Ghana, my dad originally from Nigeria, but I was born in Ghana, raised in Ghana, studied in Ghana. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know where to start, I'm just Norodin, as those who knows me, I've been teaching for some time now, and uh, yeah, I'm from a family of 14, so I'm number four in the family. Um, my dad always have three wives which hopefully we should try to be like our parents, I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, apart from that, generally I studied in Ghana. I did, for some, for some, I listened, generally I did uh, accounting in university, and uh, but uh, somewhere along the line, I got a job in Germany to work with uh, DWTV because I was good with languages. So, when I got the job, I decided to go back to university to do extra languages. So there I did Portuguese, German, and uh, Spanish and French at the same time. But because I had I have uh, Arabic from beginning, so I decided to add that whilst I'm doing these subjects as beginner, I was doing proficiency in Arabic at that time with Mahad al in Ghana, which is part of the University of Ghana. And uh, from there, I got a scholarship to go to Accra. So I pushed all my languages, the French, German, Portuguese, uh, Spanish, I pushed them away and then I stick to the Islamic studies. So I did that uh, in Adhara, I was there 2002, 2004, I left, went back to Ghana, I couldn't go back again. But after that, I've been going every now and then, and I think I came here 2007, when I was a young boy without gray hair. But unfortunately, those there, among them, Give me the gray hair when I started teaching in the school. But yes, yeah, so I've been here since uh, 2007. I've been part of most of the youth in Adelaide here. From 2009, I was teaching the youth in Adelaide Mosque with the support of Brother Hari. And then from then, 2010, I started teaching uh, Birch College, which is now Pinnacle College. So I've been 
around for some time to see some sort of changes in Adelaide here. Alhamdulillah, uh, things are moving from negative to positive. So from our observation, we can see a positive uh, things happening in Adelaide. The options are getting more. So hopefully we, we, we hope that inshallah it will be better than what we came and saw in the time that we came. Alhamdulillah, and I agree with you because I think the Muslims are growing here. Alhamdulillah, and there's a lot more opportunities and options. Just even if you look at like halal restaurants, if you look at massages, if you look at programs, it's really good to see it happen though. We speak a little bit, we can't hear. Louder? Voice yeah, yeah. Okay. Can, can anyone, can you hear at the back? Okay, so we've got a, a screen. Alright. Um, Sheikh, what's your favourite chocolate? <laughs> it's an amazing question, but uh, I know for sure anyone who knows Ghana, we produce one of the best cocoa beans in the world uh, with the, our neighbouring country, Ivory Coast. So of course, when we talk about chocolate, we're not talking about the cream and the sugar in the chocolate. We're looking at the bean. So, yeah. of course, the favorite chocolate will be Ghanaian chocolate. And not only that, you guys have to try it. So it's called Golden Tree Chocolate or Golden Bite. Uh, in the shops here, you see dark chocolate with the name Ghana, but it's not from Ghana, it's from uh, uh, New Zealand. So, so the real chocolate, if you eat that, you can compare with the Cadbury chocolate you eat and you'll know that it's just sugar and milk that you've been eating. So mm. my favorite is, I know some of them have tried it before. Yeah. I was expecting maybe like Mars bar. No, 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 I don't know much about that. Okay, I'm, I'm not ready. a fan anyway. Um, another question for you, Chef. Probably relevant, but are you more of an Apple or Android person? Uh, it's a good question. <laughs> because unfortunately, some guys around here push me to join the Apple at the moment, from the day I got the product, I, I what we call Nadama, you know, to feel sorry for finding yourself in Apple products. So at the moment, less than three months, I've already given up. So today I went to the shop looking for the new Samsung in town. So inshallah, I'll say goodbye to Apple and all old orange, inshallah. Mashallah. I'm, I'm an Apple person myself, but we can still be friends. And we, 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 are, we are always open for that. Inshallah. <laughs> Um, lastly, Sheikh, can you, what's your favorite verse of the Qur'an? Or what's one verse of the Qur'an that you really like to pause on sometimes and reflect over it so we can benefit, inshallah? Well, Qur'an, we have a saying that Qur'an is more or less like uh, the encyclopedia. So every part of Qur'an has amazing things to think of. So for some of us, we don't read Qur'an for reading Qur'an. Sometimes that's where we, it's just like going through the farm to see something new to grab. And everything that you know in the Qur'an, as long as you ponder over the Qur'an, it becomes new every single day. So I don't have specific surah or verse that I will say I love most, but most often I'm interested in the ending of Surah Al-Hashr because of uh, Kalimat Al-Tawheed there. And also, if you push me to lead prayer, I can read that every single day without getting tired of it. But then also, I'm a person who always want to reflect on life. So sometimes I go through uh, verses that are referring us to the Qiyamah, the standing of Qiyamah. Like uh, when you look at some verses in Surah Al-Ma'arij, you go to even Awakhir uh, Suwar, you see those verses in Juzu Amma which spoke about uh, Qiyamah and arrangement and things that might happen. So for some of us, we always want to repair that so that we put ourselves on the right path. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a very good leeway into the beginning of our discussion tonight because speaking about Yom Al-Qiyamah, 
it's very important for every Muslim to remember that we're all going to stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the Day of Judgment. And I remember somebody saying that on nearly every page of the Qur'an, there's a reference to the Akhirah. There's either a reference to Jannah or Jahannam or the Day of Judgment. So it's something that we always need to bring to the forefront of our minds. And um, one of the things about the Day of Judgment is the accountability, the Hisab. And the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to ask us about every single thing that we've done. Um, which brings us to the topic of like scamming and cheating. Um, and we know that uh, there was one prophet or many prophets that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent to a people who were engaged in the act of ripping people off essentially. And um, when we think about this topic, we might think, oh, it doesn't really include me because I'm an honest person and um, I don't dupe anyone off. But sometimes we might do things without knowing that could come under the classification of cheating or scamming. So, Sheikhna, as an introduction, um, we've got the Prophet Shu'ayb that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about in the Quran in a few different places. Can you tell us a little bit about Prophet Shu'ayb and um, what his people were doing in terms of scamming and cheating? Uh, regarding Prophet Shu'ayb, his name has been mentioned or the incident of his people has been mentioned and there are also debates regarding scholars about uh, whether they are his people are different from the city that he lived. Salam is one of the four prophets that historians consider to be one of the Arab prophets. So we know Salah, we know Hud salam. These are all Arabs, and then Shuaib was one of them. Shuaib salam was said to have lived in uh, Madian, but having said that, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, apart from speaking about that, He made mention of Ashab al Aika in the Quran. So all that there are debate whether uh, because Madian of course is more or less next door to uh, Aika, which is part of Jordan today, and uh, we know for sure uh, Shaib, according to the historians, uh, is the father-in-law of uh, Musa, the son of Imran. So remember, we have two Musa that historians made mention both are prophets of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. We have Musa bin Maisha, who is the grandson of uh, Yusuf alayhi salam. And you have Musa bin Imran, which you know of in the Quran regarding Fir'aun. So Fir'aun, when uh, Musa was with Fir'aun and uh, he killed the person, he left and went to Madian. So he ended up marrying the daughter of Shaib. So this Shaib, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in different places regarding his people. But I'm more interested in this particular aspect of uh, uh, Surah Al-Mutafifin, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke about the incident and the people. So basically, the people of Shaib will always adjust scale when they are doing business. So they adjust scale and amazingly, this one of, to, to look at the adjustment of scale. I know I said I'm coming from Ghana, having a connection with Nigeria, people are corrupt, but I saw this clearly when I was in Egypt, where you go to the vegetable shop and uh, they will adjust the scale when they are selling uh, vegetables. So the people of Shaib were mainly doing this sort of things. 
they will adjust scale and they make sure that they make money out of it. So they were proud of what they're doing in terms of the, the yield, the, the, the benefit that business is coming with. And Shaib spoke about it several times, but these people never care about that. And uh, regarding the people that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala punished because of their behavior in the Quran, the people of Shaib were said to have given three different punishments. There are those who said that the punishment came as a hit. And then later in darkness, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shook the earth underneath him, underneath them. And then good people were taken out as it happens to the people of Lut alayhi salam. And then the bad people were perished. Others also said, no, that came, the heat came, the darkness came. But also there was zilzal, there was earthquake that came and shook them and then killed those people. And not because of anything because of cheating, because of taking advantage of people, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke about as thulm. So that is more or less to just be unjust in anything that you do. And of course, anytime that you act and do things of this nature, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never forgives you for that. There are evidence in the Quran, every part of Quran, when you look at people who have duped or stole or took advantage of people, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make sure that that thing comes and bite them behind. Just to give you a quick example of this was when Musa alayhi salam was leaving Egypt. When they were leaving, the Bani Israel thought that with the punishment that Pharaoh has given us, we can take advantage. Since most of us are working as slaves in their houses, we're going to steal, take their gold, take their silver and run away. So you can see, even though they went through uh, hardship and difficulty under Pharaoh and his people, stealing at that time was not to justify what they were going through, especially when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has come to their aid. But when they took advantage of that and stole gold and silver, when they left, what happened was that stealing came back straight away. Because for them to see on their own faces, not story, to see the sea split into two, they can see here like an ice block. Here, they can see through like aquarium. When they pass through it, the thing that brought peace to them became what became punishment to the people of Pharaoh. Even though they got free, because they stole what they stole, those things became a burden on them. And that is the reason of their mis- uh, what misled them immediately after they crossed the ocean and they brought all those golds together and melted it and then made a calf which Samiri spread the sand on and started making noise. So you can understand when Musa salam came, if you look in Surah Taha, verse 81, uh, 87, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke about this incident when Musa salam came asking them, is this the promise you have with Allah? And they will say, no, we kept the promise. But the problem is we took the decorations, the gold, the diamonds from the, the decoration of those people. And that is what we used to melt it and become our idol or something to worship. So you can understand, even though Allah has freed them, but because they did something wrong, that came and beat them in a sense that they were misled by that. And it can happen in all aspects of our life. 
You can cheat today. Allah will ignore you. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is always ready to support someone that has been cheated. You can to, to take advantage today, but later you can graduate, get everything, but you come to job, you won't find a job. Alright? So we need to be very mindful with what happened to the people of Shaib. They were penalized. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala punished them for what they did, as you saw in the Quran, it's about them. And we spoke about Ashab al Ayqa. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned all this in the Quran. Wallahu alam. Just to add on to that, um, we also like to have the hadith of the Prophet Muhammad where he said, Because he was walking past, um, Prophet was walking past someone that was selling fruits and there was a, the fruit had been rained on. And they didn't put the bad fruits on top visible to the people that were buying them. And I read something interesting where the scholars say, you know, the Prophet is saying some very powerful words that. Whoever cheats is not from among us, mm. which means that cheating or scamming could be the very thing that could lead you out of Islam. It's not to say that the person who does it has exited Islam, but it could be something later on in life that, like you said, could mm. come back to bite you. Um, on that point, so we talked about Surah Mutafifin. Um, what are some of the ways that people nowadays might cheat? Um, or scam or fool people. So when we look at we look at this time, um, let's start from the fundamental. So um, people cheat. Let's say, for instance, if I'm in school as a student, uh, we cheat by copying each other's work. And for at that moment, we think it's fine. It's fine. It's just my friend who has completed. I need to take advantage. Uh, we cheat, of course, by plagiarism. We cheat these days, mashallah. AI has been out of uh, out there. Look, um, to talk about this AI, we'll go back to that in, in in a moment. But just to say that to take things that you have not done to present as yours, that is cheating in educational sector. And then when you go further, we talk about in workplace, you are paid for eight hours, and then you keep walking, parambulating forward and backwards, forward and backwards, looking at the time. You've not done much, and now you're expecting extra hour for overtime. You might think that you're smart enough to use the system or to take advantage of the system, but you are not. Every single cent you take that you are not entitled to, you pay for that on the day of piano. You can't run away from that. And that will even go further for those who that are healthy and think that they can give stories to get money from Sultan. Ya Salam. Look at it as opportunity today. But wallahi, wallahi by Allah I swear. Anyone that take advantage of that and cheat will meet Allah and regret every cent that they've taken. We've seen our scholars, our teachers. I know one of our teachers who was teaching in university in Nigeria. He has his family in Ghana. In holidays when he goes to Ghana, he gives lectures. So sometimes it takes him a longer time. And for that matter, he will stay extra week. When he goes back to university and they pays, the pay come, he goes back to the account and said, I was not here for a week, take that money off. They say, you have entitlement of sick and whatever. I said, no, I don't want that. These are people who fear every cent that goes into their system. Whereby today we thought it's advantage, it's a smart way. 
You know, you just want to take advantage of every environment you find yourself in. Wallahi, make sure that in any environment, when it comes to workplace, do not take more than what you are entitled to. You will take it today. But the day Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke about, that is a day equivalent to 50,000 years. The standing on the day of Qiyamah by itself is punishment. Any person that will come to the day of Qiyamah waiting to be judged will be punished. Anyone, if you are coming to Qiyamah to wait for judgment, you will be punished because the standing itself is punishment. Look at it from this angle. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke about the people on the day of Qiyamah and he praised some people. Ashabul Yameen, ma ashabul Yameen. Ashabul Shimal, ma ashabul Shimal. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke about some people on that day. You want to be part of those groups. As-sabikuna, as-sabikuna, ulaika al-muqarrabuna fi jannat al-ma'in. You want to be among those that will be closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The day that there's no any uh, shield or there's no any uh, any covering that will shelter you uh, apart from the, the, the covering of the, the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when you come with your rice and beans expecting that things will be counted and everything will be fine, wallahi, you are, you, are, you are cheating yourself. Everyone that comes on the day of Qiyamah will regret. Regret is part of Qiyamah. Whoever comes on the day of Qiyamah will regret. It's either you regret that you could have done better than what you did, or you regret what you did. So to talk about cheating from educational sector, we need to be mindful. Number two, I spoke about AI. I said we're coming back to that. Look, this time university started thinking of things of that nature. For those of you in university, you will hear a bit about it later, because they started thinking of these things are here to stay. So lecturers or the course coordinators can start indicating that this course you are allowed to add ai into it or not they will give you that option so because they know it's not everything that they can monitor all right so these options will be opened but in reality if you it's not there's nothing wrong with taking advantage of that to get to know what you're doing but don't forget allah has given you something that you need to show appreciation with and this is your brain. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, When Allah has blessed you with something, talk about it, utilize it. And the Prophet sallallahu is saying, To talk about the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon you is a way of saying thank you. As Surah Al-Ibrahim made mention, when you thank Allah and show appreciation to, of his blessings upon you, he adds more. Well, this is the problem. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala We created human beings and we've given them wisdom. If you know, researchers said that the, the smartest person on earth used less than 10% of their brain. So when you stick to this AI, do you know what's happening? You're shutting down that blessings that Allah has given you. There's nothing wrong with getting ideas from there, but do your research and read. But when you don't read, you just go and type it like those with the iPhone. Hey Siri, call this guy for me. <laughs> you know, 
you always go there for someone to do that. Wallah, it is the time. It is time that we leading towards you that it will come to a time where the business meeting will be arranged by AI. There's nothing wrong with that. But make sure that you utilize your brain. Don't lose it. Using this is a way of showing appreciation. There are people like you who are coming from better family, like more than yours. But Allah has not given them brain. They are mentally ill. They don't have comprehension. And Allah gave you this. And then you relax, not utilizing it. Not only you are cheating outside, you're cheating yourself as well. So when it comes to cheating in education, in a workplace, please do not take what you don't deserve. Don't take what you've not worked for. You know, we, we some, some of us who learn from back home, we have literal understanding. I remember when I started working in, in school here, you know, I never knew about this sort of uh, uh, sick leave and stuff like that. Because, you know, my mind never comes on that. So I was sitting in the staff room 2010, and one of our staff is telling her colleague that, oh, I will be sick next week, Thursday. And to me, it's a big thing. I called my family. I said, guys, well, you guys are there joking, you know? I've met white people, they can even predict their sickness. <laughs> well, like, to me, it was literal. I thought, it took me three years later, I got to know because she has a sick leave, she knows that she can take it at any given time. That's why she said, because let's say for us in our education sector, we are given 10 days sick leave in a year. And then I get, end up looking, I have over five years of sick leave. It's not because I'm not getting sick, because I thought that if I don't go to school, who is going to teach my students? I think that when I'm not in school, whoever comes called TRT is only going to babysit them, which means that when I come, my job is double. Of course, they are sitting here laughing now. They know that they prefer that teacher don't come so that they have free time. But for us, we are looking at the money their parents put in the education. We feel like if we don't go, we wasted their, their, their resources. But they don't see it from that angle until maybe when they graduate, they end up thinking from that angle. So. For people to feel like I have that right, I'm going to take it. Look at it. If you are not working in a factory, look at the students that are in your class. To me, that's how I look at it. So that's why I've played more role in my students' life more than teaching, but rather like a parent in school. And I've, up till now, that's my relationship with my students. So cheating in all aspects, please don't do that because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying by himself, when the dua of the person that has been cheated is taken up as the Prophet spoke about a zulm. A zulm. He said that a person that is being cheated, their dua is just carried by the clouds all the way. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, la I swore by my majesty, I'm going to help you. So imagine Allah helping someone that you've cheated. Allah is going to fight with you. And for your information, Wallahi. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he declares a war, he never goes back. That is the fear. If Allah declares war, you remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talking about it in Hadith al-Quds. The moment you touch someone, when Allah announced that I have war with you, Wallahi, nothing stops that. That's what I was talking about. You can cheat in exams, you can cheat in whatever excel, go to university, get the best of grades and get a better job or even go for the job and then they push you away. You see that you are more qualified than others and they are being given and you are not given. 
and you wonder why it's because of what you did previously it's not coming to bite you may allah forgive us for that uh, just with this little i'm going to try and present a few examples of possible ways that people might express cheating or scamming and if anybody else has any other examples can you please put it in the slitter i already know one person has and we'll come to that Sheikh, now what about snapchat filters so if i take a photo honestly if i take a photo and i spend an hour changing the way i look in order to deceive someone is that a form of deception and what about also another common one could be um plastic surgery for example like changing your face to look younger. What's what's the ruling on that? Is that does that come under scamming and cheating? Do do you want to add when someone has bald hair and go to uh, yeah. to fix that? Or even dyeing your hair black, <laughs> dyeing your white hair? Um, regarding this thing, uh, we need to be very careful. Sometimes we underestimate what we do. It's very important you put that across. As I said, we have some. You know, sometimes. Some jokes cannot be translated, and we have uh, what we call international jokes. You don't need to talk, but the, the action, you know, is more or less louder than the words. But when we talk about this thing, I remember there are someone sharing a video uh, from our old students' association when we graduated secondary school 29 years ago. Um, someone sent a video after the wedding, the lady. Uh, went to the bathroom when she came out she ran away thinking who they, they got someone in the house not knowing she's the same lady they were dancing outside with so look there's no problem with uh, trying to put some touches for things to you know present itself but if you overdo things of this nature of course then it becomes misleading and of course most often what the problem is you know you do it from slowly you end up because things of that nature, you touch a little bit and then tomorrow you do more than that and you keep doing it. So there are things that I would say there's nothing wrong with. You know, women, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described in the Quran, Zinat, they are part of the decoration of the world. And that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them the right to wear gold while men are not allowed. And because they are part of the decoration of the world, they need to sometimes present some sort of beauty. But in general, Islam has also given barrier on how far this beauty can be presented, which is we're looking at for married women, they are to present this beauty to their husbands. But unfortunately, we live in a society where the husband is always, you know, is used to those, the same clothes that they wear in cooking and whatever, he comes home, the same thing. But then when they're going out, they dress in their best and the perfume, unfortunately, and then present that outside, which of course, Islamically is not allowed. Because the beauty is supposed to be given to the one in the house, but rather they'll do it the opposite side. But we know with education, most of our sisters these days, they tend to more or less entice their, entice their husbands to the extent that they even forgot that that's their wives, you know. So better to go into too much of makeups that will, you know, create total different individual from what you can see in so on social media. And then the reality is more or less uh, with deception, you know. That's totally not good because it's misleading. Because if I'm to bargain, I want to bargain the reality. I don't want to bargain with something and then I get something else. You know, so I think when we talk about that, personally speaking, I'm not from this generation of social media, so I don't know much about it. I'm on all social media, but I don't know anything about it. Just I'll just open my phone to see it. 
but I don't know much about it in terms of editing and stuff like that. And uh, I think that if we are to look at reality, all these are not good, especially with the plastic surgery, unless if it's for health reason and whatever, there's nothing wrong with that. But just to get extra, unfortunately, in some ways, it leads to kufr. In some ways, it leads to kufr because what are you saying? You are not appreciative of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he chose where you should be born, who should be your parents, and the likes of how you'll be. Allah chooses that. We always say this when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke in Surah Al-Hujarat. Ya wannas inna khalaknakum min dhakarin wa unfa wa ja'alnakum shu'uban wa qaba'ila li ta'arafu. So the concept of creation, there are things in your life that you have no say. You have no choice. And no one will ever give you that the chance to even have a discussion on. Number one, where or your race or who your parents should be. You are not you don't have any part in this. You know? So you cannot come here and say that do you think that we Italians are ordinary? We are better. Sorry, Mr. Daoud. In reality, in reality, you want to boast of where you came from when you don't have any 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 part to play in that. You know, you did not work hard. You know, I worked really hard to become an Italian. It's not an easy thing. You know, you didn't play any part in that. The same thing applies to your name. No one sat with you and said, what do you think of the name Billy? You think, mm, Billy, look, it's fancy, I like that. No one discussed that with you. You were just there and then people call you to the extent that you got to know, is that my name? Yes, that's your name. You don't have a say on that. So your race, your parents, and your name, you don't have a say on that. So when you come trying to boast, Wallahi, you don't know, who, don't you know me? I'm Bengali, we were born just behind the river in Dhaka. Who said that you have it? No one discussed this with you. So for you to come and boast about it, you don't know what you're talking about. Okay? So what else can you boast with? You have to boast with what you worked hard to achieve. And that is to say, not even your salat, not even your Islam. Because guidance is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You did not give yourself guidance. If, they, if you can give yourself guidance, if your parents can give you guidance, Ask Adam alayhi salam, he will tell you the story. Adam alayhi salam cried and wished his son did not kill his brother because he did not want to have any of his children being out of the way. Ask Nuh alayhi salam will tell you about Canaan. Ask Ibrahim alayhi salam will tell you about his father Azara. Ask the Prophet sallallahu alayhi salam, he will tell you about his uncle. Ask Lut alayhi salam will tell you about his wife. You can see they don't have a choice. They couldn't guide their own family. So you, the guidance that you got is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If Allah out of his will put you on the path, you find yourself in the masjid, you pray with the Muslims, thank Allah for doing that. When you see your sister, your brother who is on the street, what you do is to pray. The moment you start cursing, insulting, abusing, just because they are not on the right path, wallahi, you will go on their way, they will come on your way because the guidance is from Allah, not from you. So sometimes you see, mashallah, uh, what we call uh, celebrity scholars, sometimes they talk, mashallah, some of them, they go into the extent of cursing, insulting, abusing fellow Muslims. You can see total opposite of the teachings of the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa The Prophet never cursed. In front of himself, 
when the companions will come and talk about the behaviors of other people, he will be using the best of words. He never mentioned names and said, what is wrong with this guy or that guy, but rather generalize the issue instead of attacking individuals. So as a Muslim, if really we want to do the right thing, let's be open. Let's be sincere in anything that we do. Let's be open. Be proud with what Allah has given you. You know, always be proud with what Allah is proud of you. That's the most important aspect. Allah, he is proud of you. When Allah created human, it reached a stage where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us about the stages of creation. He went to the stage where he said, Allahu He is proud of his creation. So when you decided to alter this creation, you are telling Allah, you are not happy with what he did. That is being a sign in hand. You are saying that, well, Allah did it, maybe, you know, he could have modified it this way or that way. And the moment you start tempering with the creation of Allah, you will not stop. Before you realize, then you tend to be something else. So we ask, most often we know it happens with the sisters, but unfortunately some brothers have joined the club. Now these days, every now and then, people are going to Turkey, making, you see people, mashallah, with bandana because... <laughs> get extra hair when uh, implanted but in reality brothers and sisters wallah as, as we laugh about it it's serious when we start questioning allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's creation let's be appreciated wallah yeah, that's a very good point because as he said Sheikh, some people can be struggling and uh, everyone's fighting their own battle so the least we can do is just make dua for people and uh allah can interchange us at any point any time and like you said, we always need to be thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the fact that He guided us, not ourselves. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Here in Adelaide, South Australia, the northern part of Adelaide here, unfortunately, we don't have a masjid. There's no one masjid that can accommodate up to 200 people in congregation. Because of this, Amiksa and Al Ansar Community Centre decided. They're going to do this to help. Our aim is to make sure that we have something that can serve the whole community. We have over 12,000 Muslims around here. And the only way we can get a good congregation is by bringing the community together in one prayer hall. The Prophet ﷺ said, whoever built the masjid, Allah will build a castle for the person in Jannah. So with this project, it's a massive project that will get madrasa, we get masjid, we get a big complex that will serve the whole community. Ladies, children will get opportunity to participate at the same time. To do this, we need your support. We need you to at least commit. If we are able to get at least 8,000 families to give us 250, it will take us a long way or more for anyone who want to give it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and claim it on the day of Qiyamah. So please come together. Let's do this together. May Allah make it easy for us to achieve this journey. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Um, so what about if someone's like lived a life in the past where they've done some wrong things, they might have stolen from people, they might have exploited people, they might have taken money from people, and they know that they've done wrong. And this, this is coming to the rights of other people because one of the conditions of tawbah if it's a sin between you and Allah, you have to regret it, you have to stop the action, you have to make an intention not to go back to it. But if it's a right of somebody, then you have to ask them to forgive you. So what about those people that have lived the past, like a bad life, as the Sahaba did, Umar radiallahu anhu, um, lived 
our life, Khalid bin Walid radiallahu anhu lived a life where even he was fighting the Muslims. So anyway, I've lived my past, I've learned from my mistakes, but I've taken the rights of people, I've cheated people. I can recall me selling something that was dodgy, I can recall me taking someone's money unlawfully, I can recall me, whatever the case may be. What do I do in that circumstance? Well, this is very easy. As you made mention of some of the companions of the Prophet uh, we live in a society at the moment. It's amazing. Even just for a, just go on Facebook market when you're looking for a car to buy. The moment you see the seller is a Muslim, people start saying, "Don't buy it from him." These are the reality because Muslims are not trustworthy. Our own religion that is based on trustworthiness, we don't have it. We tell each other. Oh, which name is on the card? He says, I don't buy it. Those are realities of what you're facing. So now you spoke about what of if we have come in now, we have repented, mashallah, out of guidance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now we've regret what we did previously. What do we do? Very easy and simple. And we give example with one of the companions of the Prophet, or even two, because you made mention of Khalid bin Walid. There's another companion with the name Wahshi who uh, killed the uncle of the Prophet And when you look at them, we'll come back to that. But generally, when you, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you guidance, you have that life before. You cheated. You took advantage of people. Now Allah's guidance has come to you. You are on the straight path. Or you are trying your best to be the best that you can. Number one, is one of our things that sometimes we forget is reflection. You need to have a reflection. You were on the street before. You were one of the bandits before. When Allah guides you, most often the problem is this person in the early stage of guidance, they decorate themselves, not the heart. They decorate themselves with the jalabiya, with the abayas, with the hijab, and they start straight away condemning those that are in the old party. It's a reflection of knowing that I was there if not because Allah's guidance, I could have been there today. So let's start praying for those that we left on the street. Number two, any person that you know personally, you've taken advantage of. If it's money, if it's even worse, because sometimes words are worse than even the money that we take advantage of. Things that we say to people that they, you know, you put them in a situation that they will always feel like they are the worst of people. But out of your anger, you said things of that nature. You need to go back to them. You need to try and pay back. If it's money, let them know this is your right. If it's their, their dignity, you have messed up with, go and fix it. We do it directly. What of if they are gone, they're dead, or we don't even know where they are. When we know the qima, we know the amount, we know whatever we've taken advantage of. Take that, go to the masjid, go to the whatever place that there is. Uh, more or less people are taking money in terms of charity. Go and give with the name of such a person. Ya Allah, I cheated this person. I want you to use this money to pay them off. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will pay it as long as it's sincere. Now, looking at that, don't stop there. Now you need to work harder to fix yourself. Never stop asking Allah to forgive you. Because forgiveness by asking Allah to forgive you is another window you open for yourself. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying in Surah al -Nuh, Allah have spoken about when you keep 
asking for forgiveness, the blessings of Allah that will be stored upon you is uncountable. But now let's look at this story of Khalid ibn Walid. Khalid ibn Walid, he was the mastermind behind Muslims losing the battle on Uhud, on the day of Uhud. So, anytime that the companions see, whilst discussion is on, someone will say, so Khalid, how did you get that idea to attack the Muslims? He's a Muslim now, so he feels bad about the, the past. So the opportunity Khalid was, uh, God was on the day of Yamama, the battle of Yamama, after the Prophet ﷺ passed away when Abakar uh, uh, sent them to go and fight Musaylam al -Kazab. And also, Wahshi, it came to a point where Wahshi cannot sit in public to talk because the moment he sits down, so, so you killed Hamza. How did you do that? So always he feels bad. This is the uncle of the Prophet we're talking about here. Not just ordinary person. And always my name is attached with who killed Hamza. So when Wahshi got the opportunity to kill Musaylam al kazab he was overjoyed that now he sits in the front row in the masjid to present himself. How did he kill Musaylam? Yes, I engaged him. I followed. I did this. He was proud to talk about that, unlike the old story. So when we try to repent, we shouldn't stop there, but push ourselves to do the best that we can to make sure that in our life we do extra of repentance and doing good deeds so that hoping that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy will be on us. To conclude in this uh, segment or in this part, I remember the story of the three people that were traveling and it was raining. When they rushed into a cave, wind blew and then a massive stone came and then fell in front of the cave that they couldn't get out. At that moment, those three people in the cave, they said to each other, it's either we die here or we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to free us from this cave. One of them said, Ya Allah, I did something sincere for you. Sincerely that there's no attachment to it. I want you Allah to look at that action that I did to free us from here. The action was this. I called people to work for me. They worked, they finished, I paid them. Last person, I couldn't find him. I looked for him everywhere, I couldn't find him. I invested his money in the business that I was doing. After some years, this guy came. He made sure that I remembered him and said, did you remember those days? He said, yes, I forgot to take my money. He said, yes, come with me. I showed him animals and farm that that money that I was supposed to give him has yielded and I told him to take it, it is his right. If it's today, we will say, what's the big deal? You're supposed to be giving this much, take it and go. But he said, no, that money has fetched all this. I gave that person and he was looking at me whether I was joking until he went with the animals. Ya Allah, if I did that sincerely for your sake, open the cave for us to live. And the cave opened a little bit. The next person said, Ya Allah, I have my cousin that I was interested into. Anytime I put my proposal, she pushed me away. Anytime I push my proposal, she pushed me away. One day she came and requested she needs some loan. And I said, no problem. I'll give you the loan with the condition that I have to take advantage of you. She really needs the money and accepted the proposal. When I gave her the money, it came to the time where she needs to pay the money. And she came. Looking at my face, I really want to use her. And she said, fear Allah in what you want to do with me. Ya Allah, 
I feared you sincerely, not because of anything that was stopping me that day. And I told her, go and keep the money, don't pay it again. Allah, you know my heart. If I did it sincerely for your sake, open the cave. And then the, the, the stone moved a little bit. And then another person also said, Ya Allah, usually I go and, get and fetch milk for my parents and my children. One day I went, I was running late. By the time I came, my parents were sleeping. My children were really hungry, but I couldn't feed them the milk because usually I would give it to my parents before them. I waited until my parents woke up from sleep. I gave them the milk they drank before I gave it to my children. Ya Allah, if I did this sincerely because of you, let the cave open and the cave open for all these three people to go. You can understand the good deeds that we do can be something that sometimes we can use as wasila. Good deeds that we do. So when you repent, when you look for the people, try not to stop there, but make sure that you keep repenting and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah will open a way for you. So does that mean if I've got a past, mm. I should just focus on not looking at the past, but building the future, like Wahshi? Yeah. Wahshi had that stigma attached to his name because he killed Hamza radiallahu mm. but he wanted to change that by killing Musaylimah, the false prophet, mm. the liar. Mm. It's a very, very good perspective. Um, some people have asked the question, if, um, if someone's in a de facto relationship, mm. but they are Islamically married, can they... So is it allowed to be in a de facto relationship and Islamically married in order to receive payments as separate individuals? All right, so here we talk about, when you talk about de facto uh, marriage, you not mean that marriage is not that it's done, it's just that it's not official, right? Islamically married. Islamically married, but... Uh, so in the, maybe in the eyes of the law, it's a de facto relationship, okay. but in the Sharia, it's in the a marriage. marriage. Okay. So now we're looking at people who are also taking advantage of the system. So now we need to look at, there are two ways to this, all right? I remember some years back, I met a brother, uh, an Afghan brother, who said that, I want to quit my job because my friends who are no who are not working are earning more than what I earn and I have to pay all the fees. Which means that my friends are not working, but the way they treat Centrelink, they're getting more benefit than we that are working. So I want to quit my job. So first of all, we need to look at it from different point of view. Number one, is it okay? Is it an entitlement that you deserve? Because sometimes when you assess the system, it penalizes some families because of the nature of the family. So you need to be realistic on, on the system. The system is not straightforward, okay? But if you don't deserve it, you just want to claim, then in that you're gonna pay for that. Some people say that, well, who are you going to pay it for? You wonder the system is not something Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is aware of. You're gonna pay for it on the day of the regardless if you've taken it unjustly. So we need to be mindful of that. As I said, this one is not straightforward to say that, no, you cannot because situations vary. There are situations that you have to because that is the only way you can survive. Mm. All right, so we don't want to just say no, no, because we don't understand the situation. Every story is different when it comes to this. So would you say that it's better for every individual to seek, to seek a knowledgeable a, opinion? On their, so situation. Can, yeah, on their situation. On their, because yeah. let's, let's look at it from a person, a person is in, uh, let's say, polygamy. The system would only allow, allow one, one wife, right? Right. Okay, so in this system, you have two wives in the system. But only one wife, the government is recognized. Mm. 
So what do you with the other one? Definitely, she would be considered as a single single parent if she even has a kid. So with that, definitely she would be entitled to something from the government. Does that mean that you have to go to the government and say, no, 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 don't worry about it, I'm married to her, so touch it? No, you won't do that. You know, so definitely uh, situations vary and some will be entitled to and some will not be. Yeah. No. That's a really good point because I think we're living in a society now where a lot of um, non-Muslims might, you know, the, the, the rate at which people are cheating on each other is raising exponentially, you know? Um, and that's because a lot, a lot of people don't have quality marriages, they don't have satisfaction in their marriages um, because of um, the fact that they don't have anything to regulate their life. SubhanAllah, but Islam gives us all the solutions towards a happy life and a happy, happy marriage. It's a very good point. Um, what about if the request for plastic surgery comes from your husband? That's, uh, that's, is that another that's... seek the fatwa? So uh, this one is also uh, good to mention because uh, these things are happening in our society. You know, it's, it's funny, but it's happening in our society. The reason why it's happening in our society is uh, most often, unfortunately, some sisters don't go out much, but the husbands are always out and about. And because of the husbands being out and about, sometimes they are exposed. You know, we live in a society where um, the, you, 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 don't, you, don't, you cannot be blind because of what is going on haram outside there. Mm. When you say that this lady is dressed half naked, let me avoid looking this side. When you turn this side, three quarters naked. You know, so it's a society we live in, you know? So sometimes you cannot avoid fooling. So these are where shaitan also take advantage of us. So let's say a husband who is always out and about, being exposed to this, and when he comes home, he starts to compare that with his wife. That is fitna, all right? But to push for a plastic surgery, I would see is just uh, extreme. Maybe you can look at maybe if the type of clothing that those outside, uh, what is, if that is what is enticing you as a husband, go to the shop, buy those ones, and let your wife wear it for you at home. The idea here is you want to make sure that whatever that will entice you in a woman should be your wife. So if those clothing are what you are interested in, Buy them for your wife and let them wear and let her wear it for you. But to say plastic surgery, I think you are getting beyond because what happened is it's lack of appreciation. You need to appreciate your wife regardless. The point is we did not create ourselves. What you see as beauty might not be what someone sees as beauty. Yeah, and that's not to mention that there's false standards of beauty out there. Whenever you switch on the TV, everything's fake. The relationships are fake. The standards of beauty are fake. And sometimes um, both men and women can be chasing this false expectation of beauty, which is essentially a lie. And they could fork out a lot of money, money that they don't have, to, to try and chase this false standard of beauty subhanallah i think that's also come down to what we use regarding uh social media unfortunately uh social media we when we growing up when we say social life is when people sit down and have a chat boys go play soccer come back have a chat talk about what's going on but unfortunately these days even you sit with people they are on their phones so they are not alive in front of you that's one of the things we're talking about yesterday with the brothers in the masjid we say at least here, when people come to the masjid, I think they don't have phone because you can have more than two hours of lecture, chatting and stuff like that. No one goes on their phone, which is something that we appreciate. 
So social media, unfortunately, has created some sort of uh, lies and as you made mention, false, uh, you know, understanding of what beauty is all about. And these things are happening to the extent that this, I know people talk about false uh, news, everything on social media. There are people who don't even have a secret anymore. If you don't see them for a year, the moment you see them, there's no change because, oh, guess what? <laughs> I was, uh, I had the, the bell rang and then I went to open. I thought it was Jane, not knowing it was the, uh, the, 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 letter was the, the post box the postmaster post. you know the postmaster and and what oh the funny thing about it i was only in my andes you know? you know so people talk about everything you know there's there's nothing that they have in their life that they can say this is my life and most often people will only put the happiness in their life not the reality so when you stick to that you feel like mashallah these people are always happy not knowing their life is worse than yours they only show you the day they what they bake the cake that comes out better. The rest of the cake that burnt, you never heard about them. Okay? The days that no food at home, you won't hear about it. The day they go to the shop and get food, they just start taking some food even before you eat is already expired because you just take photo of everything before you eat. So that is the life people have chosen. And you thought that they are enjoying themselves and you feel miserable to the extent that it leads you to all that sort of you are not perfect, you are not beautiful enough, or whatever. I think social media is part of it. May Allah help us through that. Okay. Uh, question is what? Yes. Uh, in the form of deceiving, are card tricks card? Card tricks. Card tricks. Is that like come under magic? If you do a trick with the card? Ah. <laughs> oh. So, card trick, there are some that are just skill, it's not magic. You know, always we always come back to our intention on how things are done. The, you know, so I remember when we were growing up, there are some things that you put with the card, you count how many people, you give them the card, and you can count and count after three times or so, you'll be able to detect which card was shown because of how many people you counted. So these are tricks, it's not magic per se, but it's about more the skill to be able to know that if this person is in this group and they said that they have this card, I move again, I just observe which person repeated itself several times that I can say that it might be this person. Yeah. You know, but as long as it's not something that is got to do with money or trying to, you know, lie to people about it, it's just a skill, there's nothing wrong with that. But don't go beyond that. Sometimes we undermine small things and then we feel like we're good at it, let's go to the next stage. Because Shaitan will never let you feel enough of what you do. You always want to add more. If it's a skill, Nothing wrong with that, but the moment it becomes like a magic, you want to trick people, you want to deceive people, then that's where Islam comes into place. Um, another question, Sheikh, was if somebody keeps making dua and they're asking Allah for something, and they think that that thing that they're asking for is not bad for their iman, mm. they think it's good for their iman, but they don't see it happening, mm. um, what advice would you give on that? Well, when it comes to dua, this is one thing that uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, out of his mercy, Allah has made it haram for himself that you make dua and Allah does not answer. It's not possible. It's not possible. To make dua and not answer is not possible. I'll give you maybe two examples, but it's better to look at the examples of the prophets. Anytime you make dua, 
Wallahi, Allah will answer. The moment you raise your hand up, by the time you pull it down, it, the dua is answered. It depends on what you requested, whether at that time it's better for you, or sometimes Allah delay it for a certain time. Now let's look at Musa alayhi salam. Musa alayhi salam was not just ordinary prophet, but a messenger. He is part of Qul al-Azmi min al-Rusul. Musa alayhi salam was with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala communicating on Tur Sina when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent him to Fir'aun. Straight at that moment, he said, Ya Allah, you know I'm not good in speech. I want my brother Harun to be with me in this journey. Allah gave Harun prophethood straight away. Not go and come. Straight at that moment, Allah sent he and his brother Harun. You see, that is the dua of the prophet was answered straight away. Musa salam prayed, ask Allah, with this situation in Egypt, give us a land that we can also have something to what? Be proud of. Allah said, we have answered your dua. How many years did this happen? After 40 years. After 40 years, before Musa salam and his people could enter Jerusalem, 40 years, they kept going around the same place. And if you know the map of two, of Sina and, it, and, and then uh, Jerusalem, it's not far. But for 40 years, they keep going around and get lost and then come back to the same place 40 years before they enter. This is a prophet of Allah who made dua and it took 40 years before it came to happen. How long did you make dua? How long did it delay? Look at Ayyub alayhi salam. He was sick for 18 years. 18 good years. Allah loved Ayyub. Why Ayyub will not complain? Because he said, Allah has given me opportunity once a day. Allah will communicate with me in that communication. Allah asked me, Ya Ayyub, how are you doing today? He said, the happiness of getting to communicate with Allah once a day made me forget my sickness. You got five times to communicate with Allah. Five times to communicate with Allah. Ayyub once, he said it's enough for him. Now, go back to Quran and look at Yusuf alayhi salam. Without any mistake of his, he was put in prison for seven years. The dream he had came to happen, but after seven years of imprisonment. That is a prophet of Allah. Is it a punishment? No. Everything has its time. When the time Allah has planned for you comes, nothing will change. Some are looking for business. Some are looking for jobs. Some are looking, they're graduating, they're trying, they are looking for a lot of things, marriage, whatever to talk about. And they think that it's coming late. But Allah has already planned it. The person you're going to marry, no one will take your husband or your wife. But the part is, Allah's time is not yet. Yours is to just what? Make dua and leave it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Do not fight over it. And I remember when we were talking about uh, this incident about uh, Uzair earlier, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he planned something for you, the time that he planned that thing will happen. When Allah sent Uzair, remember Uzair in his heart, he didn't even use a word. In his heart he was thinking, how can Allah bring life to this city after it's dead and gone? Allah said to us in the Quran, Allah. Allah killed him. Uzair was lying down 100 years. When he was resurrected, he got up, he looked down the valley. The city has become a big city people are living in. Allah has done it without him. So Allah will continue to do things. Just make dua, put your um, iman in Allah and your trust in Allah and wait to see when Allah's time comes. The companions of the Prophet and the Prophet himself, they waited to the extent nearly to say they have lost hope. That's what they say. And Allah is saying, Allah, 
Nasrullahi Qareem, right? Yes, indeed, the help of Allah is very close. So sometimes we feel like it's too long, but it's not. Allah's time is always the best. Never lose hope or never feel like it won't happen. Make dua and leave it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wallahu alam. On the case of making dua, mm. there's the hadith where the Prophet said, ثُمَّ ذَكَرَ الرَّجُلْ يُطِيلُ السَّفَرَ أَشْعَدَ أَغْبَرَ يَمُدُّ يَدَيْهِ لَسَّمَاءِ يَا رَبُّ يَا رَبُّ مَرْعَمُهُ حَرَامُ مَشْرَبُهُ حَرَامُ So if a person, the Prophet is giving the example of a person who goes out and travels, he's dusty, he's tired, he's weak, he raises his hands, and the person is eating haram, and they're nourishing themselves with haram, and they're pretty much indulging in haram. How can Allah respond to a person? What relationship does, if, if I'm getting haram money, if I'm in haram, mm. eating haram, doing haram, and I'm making dua, is that one of the things that can prevent my dua from being answered? So this this is basically when we go back to our life, you made mention of this hadith, it's a lengthy hadith where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Prophet spoke about uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Alright, this is a lengthy hadith But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala We've seen in history Anyone that is corrupt Anyone that is filthy Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not interested in him Let's go back to the first man Adam alayhi salam and his wife in Jannah They were naked But they never knew because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Has covered them Because everything that they eat is okay the day they corrupt their system by eating from the plant that Allah told them not to, straight away since that day they got to know they were naked, right? The same thing when people came on earth. When this person that the Prophet did explain, he explained the quality of a person that Allah answers their dua. The, the scholars have translated, number one, you deal with suffer. This person travels a lot. A traveler is one of the people Allah answers their dua. Not only that, when they made mention of Ash'ata Akbara being dusty and also bushy hair, is to say people that we used to call in the past, in the past as um, a Zahidun, a Zahid, a person who do not want to indulge in dunya affairs. So this person always running away from dunya, keep himself away from the civilization so that he can concentrate in worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the reason why Allah is not interested in his dua, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah is pure and clean, will not accept anything that is impure. So this person, he made mention, haram. Imma he used the money that is haram to buy his food, or the food itself is haram. Mashrabuhu haram. Imma he drinks things that are haram, or he used the money that is haram to buy his food, his drink. His clothing are haram, imma the money or the way the clothes are sold. Are sold. All his affairs are haram. And the Prophet made mention, even with all this, he raised his hand up, always making dua, Ya Rabbi, Ya Rabbi. How can Allah accept the dua of such a person? The people in the past, when the husband get out going to work, the lady will chase him and say, I beg you for Allah's sake. Seek for halal. We will be patient when there is no food in the house. But we cannot be patient with the punishment of Allah when you bring food and money that is not halal in the house. Today, the wife is happier for you to bring whatever money so that you can get the best of cars, the best of house. They don't care how you get it. 
they're not interested. Just get the money. Why are your friends getting the money? You are not. So it pushed people to do anything to get money. You can see people, they have a basic job that you're thinking how much they're getting, but they want to use Lexus. They want to use this car. They want to use this car. So people are pushed to get involved in things that are not good just because they have to compete, unfortunately. So these are all not good. So we need to make sure that we, got, we get the best of things so that at least we know between us and Allah, we are free. We will not be held responsible. Okay, we've got a few new few uh, more questions, but we have to get through them quickly, inshallah. It's a very, very good conversation. Zakallah khair, Shia. Um, if my friend won $10 million in the lottery mm. and gave me $1 million as a gift, mm. is this money haram or not? Like, before we laugh, this could be a serious question. It is a yeah. serious question. It is halal and it is haram. It is halal for you if you don't know how the person got the money. Someone came and said, look, this is $1 million as a gift. Take it, thank him. Don't ask, how did you get it? <laughs> the person said, well, guess what? I put a lottery, I got $10 million. Say, keep your, keep your jahannam with you. Yeah. That's it. So it's not a joke. If you take, knowing how the money was, was uh, he got the money, you are ishraq in him in committing the sin. If you don't know, no one holds you responsible. So the question was in the lottery. In so the if, lottery. You know it's lottery. if he knows in the lottery straight away, just stay away from it. Because gambling is from yeah. major. I remember yesterday, uh, I don't know who was talking about it, and uh, one of our friends who is a lecturer in the university, he helped the boy with his uh, assignments, and the boy was so happy. He sent him a message, Mister, thank you so much for the help. Just to let you know how happy I am. If I, by any chance I win $4 million in lottery, I will make sure I give you the best holidays. I said, send him a message and say, thank you, but keep your holiday with you. <laughs> so, yeah, people think that they're doing good, but what are you asking that? May Allah protect us from that. Now. Uh, next question is, if someone did you dirty and you are still in denial that that thing happened to you, so someone's done something wrong to you really, really bad and mm. you're denying that it happened to you, mm. you're still mad at that person that did that terrible thing to you, so you're mad at the person. Does that mean that you are mad at Allah for the thing that happened to you? Well, this, we can look at it from a, about three different dimensions, but I'll start with the first one. Number one, the only reason why you will be more angry about about incident that happened between you and people is the trust and the, the connection between you and such a person. But if you remember the saying of the Prophet Sallallahu that said, sharra man ahsanta all right, fear the wickedness of the person you did good to. So when you look at that, you will understand that it's not because the person does the worst of uh, thing against you. It's just because of your relationship with such a person. For the person to do that, that is why you get angry. But then my answer to this, my advice personally would be, you don't need to forget about what the person did, but you can forgive. Now, for instance, I give you an example. You trusted somebody, because of the trust you have for that person, you tell the person almost everything in your life. They know almost all your secrets. And then you heard what you told them, knowing they are the only people who knew it to third party. You know, this is where the anger boils. All right? But for a person who understood Allah's affairs, this is nothing. You will get angry at that moment, but easy to forget or easy to forgive. Why is it so? 
Because when you know people, you learn to live with them. When you know people, you learn to live with them. If you are someone I trusted, and I tell you almost everything, and then you end up exposing or telling other people, I will never get angry with you. Wallahi. That is my system, and that is why I know it works. Why will I get angry with you? Before I don't know you, now I know you. Relationship continues, but I know since you are a basket, I'm not going to pour water in you anymore. So you will not hear any secret from me anymore, but I'm not angry with you. We keep the relationship, but that aspect is, it is closed. So that is what we need to do. When someone does something bad, look at the situation. What exactly will bring about this? When I know someone, because let's say for instance, the only reason why we are here comfortably, we have a medium of communication. I know you will understand what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying, you are understanding. That's why we are happy at the moment, okay? So if we don't have a medium of communication, I have to speak, someone has to translate, and so on and so forth. So when you have people as friends, but you don't know them, and then things of this nature happen, that is an opportunity for you. Now you know them. When you know people, you learn to live with them. Knowing people does not mean that you have to be angry with them, stay away from them. No, 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 no. Muslims don't do that. So the moment you, are, and you understand a person with some character that you're not happy with, from now onwards, the relationship continues, but you won't give them that opportunity anymore. And that is what we do with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As we saw, You know me before you worship me. Knowing how to worship Allah. When you know it, you worship Allah more. So when I know you and I live with you more, we will never have issue. Why? Because you will never hear any secret again. When you sit down, we talk about the sky. Have you seen the moon? Amazing. Wow, the sun today was, mashallah. You sit down and talk and until the end, nothing about me. You won't even know which food I like anymore. Because of what? I know you can't keep it. It's not your problem. That is your nature. And people are different anyway. There are some people, they cannot keep it. The moment you tell them, they get diarrhea. They have to tell somebody. They can't. They, that's just the system. You know, when Omar became a Muslim, he's trying to go to houses and tell people, they said, why are you wasting your time? Just tell this guy. Before he finished telling him, he's already started running, going to Dar Nadwa. Guess what? Omar has become Muslim. Yeah, those people are there. So that is, if you know, you can say, look, I'm doing wedding in my house. You give announcement. People don't, don't even listen. But just say something bad before you realize. People will even take cars to go all the way to places to inform people. You know, so know people, know how to live with them. Never get angry with them. Now, if I know you, that's where our friendship will be tied. Wallahu a'ala. If somebody is obviously lying in a conversation as a joke, mm. for example, if someone asks if they can have some of your food while you're eating, mm. and you say there's no food. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, it, 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 it might happen, maybe it's invisible food. He can see that you don't know what he's talking about. But in reality, uh, you know, Islam forbid us to, take, to lie even if it's a joke. We need to be mindful of that. I remember the saying of the Arabs that goes like, Don't let people know you to be a liar. You know, we joke, we do whatever, but we should have, uh, we should have the uh, limits to it. Don't just lie for lying's sake, because it's a bad habit. 
that when people get to know you with that, even the day, I know students will say, we don't even know when Nuruddin is serious, because in seriousness he will joke, so you will know where, where, he's, where he's coming from. And the reality here is to me, my nature is always to make things informal so that people will feel comfortable with me, instead of always being, you know, I don't want that title check, so I always have to go informal in every aspect so that we can enjoy the discussion. But uh, not to lie for lying's sake. There's no benefit in it. Even in jokes, the Prophet ﷺ, wallahi, even jokes, he tell the truth. He jokes. He got some beautiful words. I remember the day he was telling a lady. She came and asked him about some questions. And he said, but unfortunately, old people don't go to Jannah. And this old lady was really not happy with this situation. And the Prophet ﷺ did not just make any drama. He just said, well, old people don't go to Jannah. And this lady would not go home. She was sitting at the corner crying, thinking we always want long life, not knowing it's a curse on us. He was just talking. You know, after some time, he just smiled and said, well, if you're going to Jannah, Allah is going to make you young. That's all. You know, but uh, at the starting, you know, to say old people don't go to Jannah, imagine how she felt at that time. Even though he was joking, but what he said was true. Okay, so there are a lot of this in the life of the Prophet ﷺ, how he spoke about the companions. So, but not to go in uh, this in this life for life. Uh, so with regards to the money question, what about if somebody gave you the million dollars um, But then you spent it and after you spent it you realize that the money was from lottery Make sure you give them back Make sure you give them back Wallahi, don't 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 trust Wallahi, whatever you spend with it you you will just regret having it in your life and it can even create unnecessary issues. We don't want to go into details as our time is limited. But the best thing is, wallahi, just if you know it's not from good source, send it back. Wallahi. Is hiding the truth considered scamming slash lying? That's a very broad question, but it's, it's hiding, a, it, 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 hiding it, it, the truth. It, it differ. It differ. In Islam, as much as lies are haram, there are sometimes that uh, you do that to save or to bring people reunite people and uh, we've seen a lot of this in people's lifestyle where two people are having big argument in a sense that they don't even want to see each other and then a friend will go in between these two houses and says amazingly you told me you guys have issues but when I was living this person has some beautiful things to say about you and this is it well that person is also good it's just that this so they go the other side and say look this person is just praising you. I think Shaitan, you know, indirectly, they are able to really reunite people, you know, with lies, but these are things that to bring people together, or sometimes if people are going to, lives are going to be, you know, put in a situation, you can make up story, as long as you are not just lying, bigger to create unnecessary, just to save life, Islamically is allowed. But as I made mention, lies is lies, we need to regardless stay away from it, unless in some few instances where we are allowed. Normal price. Normal price. Mm. Is that shortchanging the people? Because 
I'm taking a season and people are like willing to spend mm. and I'm upping my prices then. Mm. Is that allowed? Uh, what would you say about that? This is amazing. I think uh, just three months ago I was in uh, Saudi and uh, in Ramadan I was in Saudi and I saw the same thing. I was asking my taxi driver why are they charging this much because I was there in December and I went back in Ramadan and then I said why are you guys charging this much and he said normally in Ramadan and the time of Hajj we charge three times the amount all right and I said so your your scholars don't talk about this he said well who is listening anyway all right so these are really uh, things that unfortunately we found ourselves on as I know for sure, you guys are more in, I, I don't participate in most of what's going on in Adelaide here, but people, of course, do talk about things of that nature. If I can remember the last discussion someone was talking about was about, I think, Eid Festival, and someone was saying even the euros we buy outside, they hike the price. You know, because when people take advantage of season or time, you know, we are in a place which is enclosed where people know that definitely people will buy food, we need to make money anyhow. You, you get the money because people are in what? In distress. They really need it at that time. But if you are not taken up to what you expected, you're going to pay any extra on the day of payment, regardless. Regardless, whoever you are. But of course, you you'll also understand some of the food that the sellers are doing, especially you talk about Royal Adley Show. I don't know much about it, but maybe those people have to pay for the uh, stuff that they sell. So they have to pay all other payment that outside maybe they will need to because of that they have to make the money anyhow so those are there but the moment it go beyond normal then it becomes haram i remember omar uh, omar he sent a person out of the market because he even reduced the price to the low uh, below low market price with the intention that his neighbors will go out of business and then he can hike the price later you know so as long as we have medium of uh, this in without being extraordinary, then we are safe. But anyone that take advantage of people because of a situation, because they are tight, they have no choice, they have to buy, it's just like buying water from the airport. Do you have any choice? And you can see the water you pay, maybe a dollar will be about $4, you know? So all this, as long as that extra are added, just because you cannot get opportunity to buy, then that becomes haram, you know? But Allah knows best. If, as I made mention, as long as it's added, just because of whatever they paid to make up the gap, then that should be fine. Also, like the, the fact that there's a lot of inflation around, and if people have businesses, That's the it. prices are more and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, just in regards to like selling a car and stuff, you know there's something wrong with the car, and they ask you if there's something wrong with it, you just say, take a look at it. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't tell the truth exactly, you just twist the word. Is that haram or what? That's why I said earlier, if you are selling car, I'm not buying. <laughs> 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 so basically that's what we're talking about look tell the look you know that's one thing amazingly about the society we live in you know people used to say that you know it's not a muslim country but the people in there are living more islam life whereas the muslims that are considered to be muslim you go to their environment there is no islam there well like being honest there's nothing wrong with well like the car is good but the radiator is leaking there's nothing wrong with that look if you're happy with it this way Man, you can just fix the radiator this much or that much, but this is the price, you know? But don't try to get rid of the car because you know it's dying soon, and then you give someone problem. And that's, as you made mention, that is what exactly 90% of Muslims will say, 
you know, look, just try it by yourself. You know, some fault will not present themselves on. It's just like buying a car from a garage, of course. You know, they just say, have a, a test drive. They give you three months. Maybe the problem in it, within three months or after three months, the problem will show itself up. And they said, look, your warranty is done. You know, you know definitely that uh, adjustment you did will not take long. So we shouldn't do that. We should be honest. We should be straightforward. Allah will bring your risk regardless. Okay, don't take advantage of other people. So it's not the best way to sell. That I, I will buy from you, Ibrahim. Yes. Okay, last question, inshallah. If you withhold the truth, for example, you want someone to replace your rent, but you withhold that uh, because the other tenants are bad, because you want a replacement. So I, I think someone's, someone's renting a house, mm. And they need some other tenants to take over. Okay. But the tenants that they want to take over are bad tenants. Mm. So they withhold some aspect of the truth because yeah. they see that the tenants coming in are not going to be good. Okay, so they just need to make up stories so that they don't take them. Yeah, yeah. is there a greater harm involved here? Uh, look, at the end of the day, I, there's no business started yet. As long as they are still holding their house and there's no, they've not given it and they wanted to get them out of it straight away, then there's no problem at least. At least protecting their property and whatever if they're not sure of the tenants whatever they say to stop the person from getting the house there's nothing wrong with that but they should it's sometimes it's good to just say that look we're not comfortable sharing but not everyone is both well, bold enough to say how they feel about you you know they don't want to offend you but they just make up stories as long as it's in medium you know it's not too much of uh, lies or whatever just to get some message across uh, that should be fine yeah, but if they are already in a mutual understanding and now they want to get rid of them, that is where it becomes an issue that needs to be dealt with. Wallahu alam. We've got a few more questions. Uh, what, what, should we keep going? Or? Uh, we've got about three. I just realized there's a few, few questions. Ten more minutes? Sure. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. So the question is, what is the approach towards marriage after a haram relationship? Once you've repented, does that mean you don't face the repercussions that come along with zina? Well, this is very uh, uh, good to talk about in, in our society today. But look, uh, there's no guarantee, there's no any guarantee that uh, you can commit sin and Allah forgives you. As much as Allah SWT is uh, most merciful. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's name is Al-Ghaffar, okay? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's name is Al-Razak. You know, you can say, Ya Razak, Ya Razak, thousand times and you still need to ask someone for lunch. So, Allah's name is, you know, the, the sustainer, he should provide when you ask. The same thing applies to when you ask for forgiveness. Allah chose to forgive and Allah chose which sin to forgive. So, we don't want to always stand behind because Allah will forgive us to commit a sin. But in Islam, there is also something that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala said in the Quran: "La rahmatullah." Never lose hope in the mercy of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Whatever sin you've committed, as long as you repented sincerely, never have any doubt whether Allah will forgive me or not. This thing, when you are asking Allah, when you are dealing with Allah, never have doubt. Never. You've committed something, Allah has hid your secret when you're committing this zina and whatever. Allah did not expose you. Do not talk about it. Do not expose yourself. 
when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it easy for you and the same person to get married, alhamdulillah. At least, if anything at all, the filth is between you two. It's not like you did it with somebody and now you're marrying someone else. If Allah has made it between you two, get the marriage. Marriage will not fix it, but you two can repent and Allah will accept your repentance. Just never lose hope on Allah's mercy. Ask, but do not stand on it and keep continuing disobeying Allah, thinking when we get married, we will then seek for forgiveness. Don't do that. So you can seek for forgiveness. Wallahi, Allah will forgive you and you even... The, the Prophet always tell us that when you commit a sin and you ask for forgiveness, your forgiveness will be given and even your bad deeds will be changed into good and give it to you. So never lose hope in Allah's mercy. But don't take advantage. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, لا تعمل من مكري Wallah, do not take advantage and feel like Allah can change anything. Allah does not care. You thinking, okay, today is the last day we're going to commit this. From tomorrow onwards, nothing until we get married. And today, Allah will kill both of you. Allah can do that. And whoever by mistake die disobeying Allah, Wallah has lost his iman. This is what the Prophet ﷺ said. Do not take advantage thinking that you will finish and ask for forgiveness. Sometimes you will be in it when the death will come. And I think that's a good point because if someone's committing a sin, mm. they shouldn't think like the brothers of Yusuf thought. Mm. Yes. After, after that, after that, after 10 years, I'll do hajj, mm. I'll make up for it. So the point is now. now. Change now. Yeah. Make tawbah now. And Allah, Allah will forgive. Allah, Allah's doors are always open. So never lose hope to ask for forgiveness for previous uh, mistakes. Inshallah. Um, it's 9.33, so I think we're going to wrap it up there. Sheikh Nuruddin, Jazakumullah Khair for sharing with us a lot of insight. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from the people that hear the good and act upon it. Just a reminder, um, the Al-Ansar Community Centre Project is something that everyone should get behind and that's on Instagram, so you can follow that and donate because I think Al-Ansar Community Centre is looking to build a bigger facility for the Muslims up north, inshallah. I think the brothers got some brochures here, right? Yeah, some brochures, inshallah, so take one on your, on your way out. And also, um, for the Streets to Islam community, we have a WhatsApp group, which the, the link will be posted on our Instagram page, so you can join this WhatsApp group to be up to date, stay up to date with all the latest events, inshallah. Our next event will be in a fortnight here. Again, Jazakumullah Khair, everyone for coming. May Allah make this gathering a means of people walking out the door and their sins being forgiven. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik, nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayka. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim wal-Asr, inna al-insana lam bihusn. Illa al-ladhina amanu wa amilu salihati wa tawasuf al-haqqi wa tawasuf al-sawr.